Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Dr. Renald Duchen is a practicing counseling psychologist and the focus of her work is on post-divorce and relational counseling. She, together with Renita Engelbrecht, a fellow psychologist and a Davis Dyslexia facilitator involved in remedial education, have started an organization, Read to be Great, to help identify reading problems among adults and children with the aim of improving their rate, accuracy, fluency, and competency. Children and adults need to tread effectively to learn. What does that mean? Dr. Dochen joins me now to tell me more. Dr. Dochen, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Good afternoon. Dr. Dochen, for the majority of South Africans, English is not a first language. To what extent is this complicating reading and literacy? It is a complicating factor because reading is not only a visual skill. So it's not only what you see, it's also auditory skill. So one has to have the sounds... You need to know what letters matches um, what letters match certain sounds in order to be able to read effectively. So one would see that there's problems, for instance, in reading vowels. And if you have a problem in reading a double vowel, you suddenly can't read. So definitely as a second language speaker, you, str- you start to struggle because you don't have that auditory register that needs to be in place in order to read effectively. So that's one of the things that mm. South Africans are struggling with. But all, even English language speakers sometimes struggle to read and write. Is it the same thing that is at play? Not necessarily. It can be that that those those the letter identification hasn't really been consolidated at an early age and there's a letter confusion and therefore it's difficult to read. But there can be visual processing difficulties that you can't see that um, some children or some adults have a form of dyslexia and therefore it just becomes very difficult to see the letters. So it's about seeing the letters, it's about hearing the letters and bringing that together um, in a way there's a specific area in the brain where the visual and the auditory binds together and the effective reader will read with the right areas, the correct areas of the brain. Um, that is what makes you an effective reader. If you read with other areas, that's not the correct, you know, not the correct areas of the brain. You get into trouble, and then your reading is compromised. And reading is kind of the basis of all further education. Basically, if you can't read, it inhibits your ability to learn further. Yeah, you need to read to be able to learn. And I think you've got, I was on your website, and it's an excellent website, I think you've got a quote, something like, from the age of three till six, you're learning to read, and afterwards you're reading to learn. Mm -hmm. So if you have not established that initial skill, your ability to learn is, is compromised. It's totally compromised, because let's just look at the basic components. So... The basic components of read is there must be a rate of reading. You need to be able to read fast enough. If you can't read fast enough, you're not going to get through the work. Then secondly, there's a need to read fluently. And that is more if you read in public. So that can cause emotional um disability or feeling embarrassed about reading, then you need to be able to read accurately. If you can't read accurately, you're going to get the instructions wrong and you're not going to be able to answer tests. And then the fourth component of reading is that you need to be able to comprehend what you're reading. And if you don't have comprehension of reading, you're also not going to be able to perform academically. And how did Mm. you and... um is it uh, Renita start the business? What, what made? What was the impetus that made you realize there's a need? Mm-hmm. So Renita is a de- dyslexia facilitator. So she works with children with 
really profound and serious reading difficulties. But what she's found is that there were certain children who would arrive who can read better than others, even though they have severe learning difficulties. And she started to explore what the reasons would be that some children seem to present better than other children. And she found this Australian program. And children who came into her office who's done this program seem to present better than children who didn't do the program. And that is really how we stumbled, you know, how we stumbled on this um, specific intervention and how we were triggered in terms of taking it further. And what you offer is a very comprehensive solution. It's not just a sit here, do this and do that. You offer everything from the eye test, which Often, I'm sure, mm. is a case while people mm. do struggle to read, they just mm. haven't had their eyes tested and they can't see properly, to different phases. Do you want to work through those phases in terms of um, identifying problems? Let me work through the phases, but I think before we start there is that if, if, read, if a reading skill is not automatic, what happens then is that we use our working memory to read. So we want to get to a point that we have a program where reading can be automatic. If we think of driving, driving's automatic. You don't have to think how you drive anymore. In the same way, your reading skills need to be automatic. You can't think of the mechanics of reading when you want to comprehend what you're reading or if you want to read accurately or if you want to read at a certain speed. So that is really the aim of the program. The aim of the program is to stimulate the correct areas in the brain that we can get um, these skills in place and that we read with the correct areas of the brain. So one would start out and you would do an assessment of a, a child or an adult and we're looking at rate, fluency, accuracy and comprehension and we do a pretest and see where the person is at in terms of all of that. Then we would, um, then we would suggest that um, they go to an optometrist and we're looking at specifically at how central the eyes are focusing because the eyes need to scan and the focusing of the eyes is, is quite important in terms of reading and we need to rule that out and after that we start with the 10 hour program and we do the 10 hours consecutively because we need to stimulate these areas in the brain if we do this one week and then we do another week and another week we're not going to get that wiring in the brain happening in the way that it should happen and then we're done with the program what we do then is um, we we do um, a post test to see what the improvements have you know what improvements there are and then after that is follow up work because Reading is a skill And you need to consolidate a skill There's nothing else out there in the world That you don't have to do on a regular basis uh, There's no magical solution to resolve any problem no, The more you do it, the better you get yeah. at it and, and one needs parents to get involved If the child has a problem they are, Or if the child is just not as an effective reader as they can be There are many things that parents can do You don't need to rely only on interventions by professionals to help children Where is the problem identified? Is it the onus on the parents? Is the onus on schools? And is there communication enough with professionals like yourself To ensure that a child isn't lost in the system? So in terms of, I think that reading is one of those skills that we just assume that children of a certain level has a certain, you know, children that are in a certain grade has a certain level of reading. So it's quite important to to recognize that there are critical areas where you would see a fallout in terms of a child's capacity to read or not. So grade two, middle grade two would be a critical point where one would be able to identify a reading problem. By middle grade two, if the child has a difficulty, what happens is that up to middle grade two, you can memorize enough words to 
wing it. But when you get to the middle of grade two, you run out of that possibility and then you really have to start reading. So the child who doesn't progress at that point is a child with a difficulty. Grade four is a very critical point as well because at that point you have to, if you start looking at grade four tests, yeah. they look like comprehension I tests. Know. And then grade seven again is a critical area and then post school education becomes a critical area. So every time when there's an increase in demands, the reading skills need to keep up to cope with that increase in demands. So the critical periods where one has to be alert and see if your child is coping and not coping. And if there's a problem at that time, it surely is a red flag that you have to start doing something. And again, the parents, the teacher, the professional. Everybody. Huh? Everybody. It's mm. everybody has to take responsibility mm. for, for that child. Mm. And you're talking about critical stages. As an adult, mm. how hard is it to start implementing this program? Or, uh, you know, as I started off the show by saying that there was um, the front page of the Star newspaper read about the incompetency levels of policemen in terms mm. of their literacy. Mm. Is it, is it a case of it's never too late to start? It's definitely never too late to start. You know, the brain is, we know that the brain, the brain can do amazing things. Thinking, think even of a, um, a stroke patient, a patient who really had damage done to the brain. Even that type of person can be assisted that other areas of the brain starts taking over the functions that you lost when you, when you had a real injury. So how much more for an adult who has a perfectly intact brain, um, but what it takes is it takes dedication, it takes grit. There's a beautiful new book written about grit, <laughs> which means that you really have to knuckle down and do it. And it's something you have to do every day. You can't want to read once a week and think you're going to improve your, your reading skills. Your technique of helping people, could it be taken to police stations? Is it a ability that you can go in together with Engel, Mr. Engelbrecht and say, okay, this this is how we are going to help literacy at, at police level. So in terms of um, policemen's, policemen who can read, this would be a fantastic technique to boost and to improve their reading. If there's a total lack of literacy, then this is not the program to improve it because you need to have at least that letter identification in place. So one would need to do something else if there's total illiteracy. But I heard somebody saying this morning on radio how they went to a police station and the police policeman just didn't seem to comprehend okay. what was going on. So if there's a comprehension difficulty... Then literacy is not the issue. Literacy is not the issue. <laughs> What it means is that the person is using their working memory to try and read. Yes. And if your working memory is busy trying to work out how to read, <laughs> you're not going to be able to comprehend what the person is telling you. Hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Ronell, we're living in a um, technological era where hmm. people are saying you have to, uh, information is consumed in very short characters. You know, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter. Much of our, our news we get online on a tiny little mobile. Um, is this uh, working against our ability to learn to read? So uh, there, there is, you know, I, I can't say specifically that you shouldn't read on a mobile device, but I think if a child is starting to learn how to read, what one needs to do is, you know, you need to have a book in hand. You can't just start to read electronically. Right. You need to have a book in hand. And there are num numerous things that parents can do. What they can do is, um, first of all, you have to have books in the house. Right. And it doesn't matter what books. If your no. child's interested in animals, it's animals. If your child's interested in baking, it's a cookbook. Whatever your child is interested 
interested, you have to have a book, uh, you know, books around that would stimulate um, the children. Uh, you need to read to the child when the child is young. And then you become reading buddies right. where you read together. You read a bit, the child reads reads a bit. And then there's a strategy, what I would call the three-minute strategies, like three-minute noodles, really. <laughs> if you get the child to read out aloud for a minute a day, so you have one page, he reads a minute, um, you stop as they're reading, you, you time them, and you count the number of errors, and you ask the child then to read it again, for a minute and you again count their errors and see how much further they've gotten and then for a third time the child reads the same passage for a minute again and you see the increase in terms of the, um, the how far the child the number of words read and you see how many errors these you know the child's made that is a way in terms of getting the child to read out loud improving rate Improving fluency and also confidence and confidence because uh, we, we still expect at some point, even throughout our school careers, to, to do public speaking, but also to read aloud um, and that kind of thing. As you said, the more you do it, the better you co- become. And perhaps a safe space like the home is the best place for those children to be learning to do these things. So what we're talking about is not something that's going to take you hours. We talk actually about three minutes three a minutes. day. And that can make that can make a difference. But as parents also one has to understand if the only thing that you read is that you're reading a bit on Facebook here and you're reading a bit on News 24 there, if that is all that your child sees you doing, your child's not going to be motivated to read more than that. So as, as parents, we, we need to set an example. So we can. Mm. it's quite legitimate for us as parents to say, child, I'm reading my book now. I'll go and find something <laughs> else to do. Take a book and read too. Is that, is that, is that what you're heading towards? No. <laughs> No. I guess that would be the whole day. I know. Day. <laughs> I know. I was looking for a, like a legitimate excuse to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Renell, mm. so, okay, so again, I, I'm, for the first time ever, I was walking in um, Pick and Pay and I saw a child in a pram. I didn't actually see the child. I just saw a cell phone being held up um, and mm. little fingers playing on it. Do you think the, the, the tech, do you think the technological age can kill books or do you think that the love for books is more important it will always be there because there are always new stories to be told and there are always stories to go back on and i'm passionate about books so <laughs> i would i would hope that's the case um we the the american pediatric association has published guidelines in terms of how much electronic Time, you know, on, you know, FaceTime, how much time a child spent on electronic device. And, and it's not healthy to have a baby on a cell phone. <laughs> it really isn't healthy. You know, as a, as a parent, you know, it's, it's hard work to be a parent. It's very easy to give a child a cell phone mm-hmm. or a tablet or to put a child in front of the TV. It's harder work to sit with a child and read, read. a book. Um, but parenting is a job. Like any other job out there. And we can't cry if we've given our children cell phones to play games on and put them in front of the TV and never read them a book. And they run into a reading problem later on. And we have to spend thousands of rands in trying to fix it. The responsibility is there from the beginning. It's not only the school that needs to help your child. You you, You need to work as a team. Um, so it's a it's a essential skill. It's not an optional skill. Is there a, a prime age that you should start reading to children? The quicker, the better. better. I have a photo in my photo album where my child's six weeks old, and she's sitting with a little book looking at the pictures. Wow. 
And that same child of mine is reading between 70 and 100 books a year. Wow. And it has opened her world tremendously. So reading is one of the best ways to open our experiences, our understanding of the world around us. And, Mm. And at the end of the day, I think instinctively, we love stories that human beings love telling, reading, mm. learning stories. Mm. I think it's part of who we are. Yeah. So I personally can't imagine books will ever, ever be a thing of the past. Yeah. And we're so fortunate in our country. There are books in all languages. Yes, that's true. It's not that we only have to read English mm. books. Uh, mm. Dr. Dochen, if anybody would like to contact you to learn more, can you please give me details? Yeah. So I think the best thing is to go onto the Read to Be Great um, website, and it's read, and it's a numerical to be great website, .co.za, and then to contact us from the website. I think that's the most efficient way of getting it done. And will you be going into schools as well? Yes, started already oh, going into schools and, um, you know, spreading the world, word that this is, uh, you know, this is, this is one way of doing it um, and hoping to make a contribution in getting children and giving the children the confidence um, and helping children at those critical stages. So the program is for kids who are struggling and for adults who are struggling, but also it is a possibility for people who just want to improve their rate, fluency, accuracy and comprehension when they read. Well, um, I think it's very important. I'm so pleased you started this initiative. I hope it grows from strength to strength. And again, mm-hmm. I'd like to say thank you so much for coming in and sharing. If anybody didn't get Dr. Duchen's, um contact details, they are always, of course, welcome to contact me. So thank you so much. That was Dr. Renelle Duchen talking about uh, the Read to Be Great program. After the break, I speak to Dr. Sandra Klopper, an art historian about Irma Stern.